and welcome to Tea Time Radio Theatre, where we get together with our friends, drink tea, and perform and discuss some of our favorite plays. Today we present Trifles by Susan Glasswell. Trifles was originally performed in 1916 by the Provincetown Players in Provincetown, Massachusetts. Please note that Trifles includes some content that may be upsetting to certain listeners, such as descriptions of violence and domestic abuse. Please use your best discretion when listening to the following production. Now, pull up a chair, pour yourself a cup of your favorite tea, and enjoy the show. The kitchen in the now-abandoned farmhouse of John Wright. A gloomy kitchen, and left without having been put in order. Unwashed pans in the sink, a loaf of bread outside the bread box, a dish towel on the table, other signs of incomplete work. At the rear, the outer door opens, and the sheriff comes in, followed by the county attorney and Mr. Hale. They are followed by the two women, the sheriff's wife, Mrs. Peters, first, then Mrs. Hale, who looks fearfully about as she enters. The women have come in slowly and stand close together near the door. This feels good. Come up to the fire, ladies. I'm not cold. Now, Mr. Hale, before we move things about, you explain to Mr. Henderson just what you saw when you came here yesterday morning. By the way, has anything been moved? Are things just as you left them yesterday? It's just the same. When it dropped below zero last night, I thought I'd better send my deputy out this morning to make a fire for us. No use getting pneumonia with a big case on, but I told him not to touch anything but the stove. Well, Mr. Hale, tell just what happened when you came here yesterday morning. Harry and I had started to town with a load of potatoes. We came along the road from my place, and as I got here, I said, I'm going to see if I can't get John Wright to go in with me on a party telephone. I spoke to Wright about it once before, and he put me off, saying folks talk too much anyway, and all he asked was peace and quiet. I guess you know about how much he talked himself, but I thought maybe if I went to the house and talked about it before his wife, though I said to Harry that I don't know as what his wife wanted made much difference to John. Let's talk about that later, Mr. Hale. I do want to talk about that, but tell now just what happened when you got to the house. I didn't hear or see anything. I knocked at the door, and still it was all quiet inside. I knew they must be up, it was past eight o'clock, so I knocked again and I thought I heard somebody say, come in. I wasn't sure, I'm not sure yet, but when I opened the door, this door, and there in that rocker sat Mrs. Wright. What was she doing? She was rocking back and forth. She had her apron in her hand and was kind of pleading it. And how did she look? Well, she looked queer. How do you mean queer? Well, as if she didn't know what she was going to do next, and kind of done up. How did she seem to feel about your coming? Why, I don't think she minded, one way or other. She didn't pay much attention. I said, how do, Mrs. Wright? It's cold, ain't it? And she said, it is? And kind of went on pleating at her apron. Well, I was surprised. She didn't ask me to come up to the stove or to set down, but just sat there not even looking at me, so I said, I want to see John. And then she laughed. I guess you would call it a laugh. I thought of Harry and the team outside, so I said a little sharp, can't I see John? No, she says, kind of dull-like. Ain't he home? says I. Yes, says she, he's home. Then why can't I see him? I asked her, out of patience. Because he's dead, says she. 
dead? Says I. She just nodded her head, not getting a bit excited, but rocking back and forth. Why, where is he? Says I, not knowing what to say. She just pointed upstairs. I got up with the idea of going up there. I walked from there to here, then I says, Why, what did he die of? He died of a rope round his neck, says she, and went on pleating at her apron. Well, I went out and called Harry. I thought I might need help. We went upstairs, and there he was lying. I think I'd rather have you go into that upstairs, where you can point it all out. Just go on now with the rest of the story. Well, my first thought was to get that rope off. It looked... But Harry, he went up to him and he said, No, he's dead, all right. And we better not touch anything. So we went back downstairs. She was still sitting that same way. Has anybody been notified? I asked. No, says she, unconcerned. Who did this? Mrs. Wright, says Harry. He said it businesslike, and she stopped pleating of her apron. I don't know, she says. You don't know? says Harry. No, says she. Weren't you sleeping in the bed with him? says Harry. Yes, says she, but I was on the inside. Somebody slipped a rope round his neck and strangled him and you didn't wake up, says Harry. I didn't wake up, she said after him. We must have looked as if we didn't see how that could be, for after a minute she said, I sleep sound. Harry was going to ask her more questions, but I said maybe we ought to let her tell her story first to the coroner or the sheriff, so Harry went fast as he could to Rivers Place, where there's a telephone. And what did Mrs. Wright do when she knew you had gone for the coroner? She moved from that chair to this one over here and just sat there with her hands held together and looking down. I got a feeling that I ought to make some conversation, so I said I had come in to see if John wanted to put in a telephone, and at that she started to laugh. And then she stopped and looked at me, scared? I don't know, maybe it wasn't scared, I wouldn't like to say it was. Soon Harry got back, and then Dr. Lloyd came, and you, Mr. Peters, and so I guess that's all I know that you don't. I guess we'll go upstairs first and then out to the barn and around there. Sheriff, you're convinced that there was nothing important here? Nothing that would point to any motive? Nothing here but kitchen things. Here's a nice mess. Oh, her fruit. It did freeze. She worried about that when it turned so cold. She said the fire would go out and her jars would break. Well, can you beat the woman? Hell for murder and worrying about her preserves? I guess before we are through, she may have something more serious than preserves to worry about. Well, women are used to worrying over trifles. And yet, for all their worries, what would we do without the ladies? Dirty towels? Not much of a housekeeper, would you say, ladies? There's a great deal of work to be done on a farm. To be sure. And yet I know there are some Dixon County farmhouses which do not have such roller towels. Those towels get dirty awful quick. Men's hands aren't always as clean as they might be. Ah, loyal to your sex, I see. But you and Mrs. Wright were neighbors. I suppose you were friends, too? I've not seen much of her of late years. I've not been in this house. It's more than a year. And why was that? You didn't like her? I liked her all well enough. Farmers' wives have their hands full, Mr. Henderson. And then... 
Yes. It never seemed a very cheerful place. No, it's not cheerful. I shouldn't say she had the homemaking instinct. Well, I don't know as Mr. Wright had either. You mean that they didn't get on very well? No, I don't mean anything. But I don't think a place would be any cheerfuller for John Wright's being in it. I'd like to talk more of that a little later. I want to get the lay of things upstairs now. Suppose anything Mrs. Peters does will be all right. She used to take in some clothes for her, you know, and a few little things. We left in such a hurry yesterday. Yes, but I would like to see what you take, Mrs. Peters, and keep an eye out for anything that may be of use to us. Yes, Mr. Henderson. I'd hate to have men coming into my kitchen, snooping around and criticizing. Of course, it's no more than their duty. Seems mean to talk about her for not having things slicked up when she had to come away in such a hurry. Look, she had bread set. It's a shame about her fruit. I wonder if it's all gone. I think there's some here that's all right, Mrs. Peters. Yes, here. This is cherries, too. I declare I believe that's the only one. She'll feel awful bad after all her hard work in the hot weather. I remember the afternoon I put up my cherries last summer. Well, I must get those things from the closet. Mrs. Hale, could you help me carry them? Mr. Wright was stingy. I think maybe that's why she kept so much to herself. She didn't even belong to the ladies' aid. I suppose she felt she couldn't do her part, and then you don't enjoy things when you feel shabby. She used to wear pretty clothes and be lively when she was Minnie Foster, one of the town girls singing in the choir, but that... Oh, that was thirty years ago. This all you was to take in? She said she wanted an apron. Funny thing to want, for there isn't much to get you dirty in jail, goodness knows, but I suppose just to make her feel more natural. She said they was in the top drawer in this cupboard. Yes, here. And then her little shawl that always hung behind the door. Yes, here it is. Mrs. Peters? Yes, Mrs. Hale. Do you think she did it? Oh, I don't know. Well, I don't think she did. Asking for an apron and her little shawl? Worrying about her fruit? Mr. Peters says it looks bad for her. Mr. Henderson is awful sarcastic in his speech, and he'll make fun of her saying she didn't wake up. Well, I guess John Wright didn't wake up when they was slipping that rope under his neck. No, it's strange. It must have been done awful crafty and still. They say it was such a Funny way to kill a man, rigging it all up like that. That's just what Mr. Hale said. There was a gun in the house. He says that's what he can't understand. Mr. Henderson said coming out that what was needed for the case was a motive. Something to show anger or sudden feeling. Well, I don't see any signs of anger around here. It's only white to here, Mrs. Peters. The table is only half clean. Wonder how they are finding things upstairs. I hope she had a little more red up up there. You know, it seems kind of sneaking, locking her up in town and then coming out here and trying to get her own house to turn against her. But, Mrs. Hale, the law is the law. I suppose tis. She was piecing a quilt. It's log cabin pattern. Pretty, isn't it? I wonder if she's going to quilt it or just knot it. They wonder if she was going to quilt it or just knot it. Huh. 
Well, let's go out to the barn and get that cleared up. I don't know as there's anything so strange, our taking up our time with little things while we're waiting for them to get the evidence. I don't see as it's anything to laugh about. Of course, they've got awful important things on their minds. Mrs. Peters, look at this block. Here, this is the one she was working on, and look at the sewing! All the rest has been so nice and even, and look at this! It's all over the place! Why, it looks as if she didn't even know what she was about! Oh, what are you doing, Mrs. Hale? Just pulling out a stitch or two that's not sewed very good. Bad sewing always made me fidgety. I don't think we ought to touch things. I'll just finish up this end. Mrs. Peters? Yes, Mrs. Hale. What do you suppose she was so nervous about? Oh, I don't know. I don't know as she was nervous. I sometimes sew awful queer when I'm just tired. Well, I must get these things wrapped up. They may be through sooner than we think. I wonder where I can find a piece of paper and string. In that cupboard, maybe? Why, there's a bird cage in here. Did she have a bird, Mrs. Hale? Why, I don't know whether she did or not. I've not been here for so long. There was a man around last year selling canaries cheap, but I don't know if she took one. Maybe she did. She used to sing real pretty herself. Seems funny to think of a bird here. But she must have had one, or why would she have a cage? I wonder what happened to it. I suppose maybe the cat got it. No, she didn't have a cat. She's got that feeling some people have about cats, being afraid of them. My cat got into her room and she was real upset and asked me to take it out. My sister Bessie was like that. Queer, ain't it? Why, look at this door. It's broke. One hinge is pulled apart. Looks as if someone must have been rough with it. Why, yes. I wish if they're going to find any evidence, they'd be about it. I don't like this place. But I'm awful glad you came with me, Mrs. Hale. It would be lonesome for me sitting here alone. It would, wouldn't it? But I tell you what I do wish, Mrs. Peters. I wish I had come over sometimes when she was here. I wish I had. But of course you were awful busy, Mrs. Hale. Your house and your children... I could have come. I stayed away because it weren't cheerful. And that's why I ought to have come. I... I've never liked this place. Maybe because it's down in a hollow and you don't see the road. I don't know what it is, but it's a lonesome place and always was. I wish I had come over to see Minnie Foster sometimes. I can see now. Well, you mustn't reproach yourself, Mrs. Hale. Somehow we just don't see how it is with other folks until... something comes up. Not having children makes less work, but it makes a quiet house and right out to work all day and no company when he did come in. Did you know John Wright, Mrs. Peters? Not to know him. I've seen him in town. They say he was a good man. Yes, good. He didn't drink and kept his word as well as most, I guess, and paid his debts. But he was a hard man, Mrs. Peters just to pass the time of day with him. Whoa, like a raw wind that gets to the bone. I should think she would have wanted a bird, but what do you suppose went with it? 
I don't know. Unless it got sick and died. You weren't raised around here, were you? You didn't know... her? Not till they brought her yesterday. She... Come to think of it, she was kind of like a bird herself. Real sweet and pretty, but kind of timid and fluttery. How she did change. Tell you what, Mrs. Peters, why don't you take the quilt in with you? It might take up her mind. Why, I think that's a real nice idea, Mrs. Hale. There couldn't possibly be any objection to it, could there? Now, what just what would I take? I wonder if her patches are in this box and her sewing things. Here's some red. I expect this has got sewing things in it. What a pretty box. Looks like something somebody would give you. Maybe her scissors are in here. What? There's something wrapped up in this piece of silk. Why, this isn't her scissors. Oh, Mrs. Peters. It's... It's the bird. But Mrs. Peters, look at it! It's neck! Look at its neck! It's all the other side, too. Somebody... wrung its neck. Well, ladies, have you decided whether she was going to quilt it or knot it? We think she was going to... knot it. Well, that's interesting, I'm sure. Has the bird flown? We think the cat got it. Is there a cat? Well, not now. They're superstitious, you know. They leave. No sign at all of anyone having come from the outside. Their own rope. Now let's go up again and go over it piece by piece. It would have to have been someone who knew just where. She liked the bird. She was going to bury it in that pretty box. When I was a girl, my kitten... There was a boy took a hatchet, and before my eyes... And before I could get there... If they hadn't held me back, I would have hurt him. I wonder how it would seem never to have had any children around. No, Wright wouldn't like the bird. A thing that sang. She used to sing. He killed that, too. We don't know who killed the bird. I knew John Wright. It was an awful thing was done in this house that night, Mrs. Hale. Killing a man while he slept, slipping a rope around his neck that choked the life out of him. His neck choked the life out of him. We don't know who killed him. We don't know. If there'd been years and years of nothing, then a bird to sing to you, it would be awful still, after the bird was still. I know what stillness is. When we homesteaded in Dakota and my first baby died after he was two years old, and me with no other than- How soon do you suppose they'll be through looking for the evidence? I know what stillness is. The law has got to punish crime, Mrs. Hale. 
I wish you'd seen Minnie Foster when she wore a white dress with blue ribbons and stood up there in the choir and sang. Oh, I wish I'd come over here once in a while. That was a crime. That was a crime. Who's going to punish that? We mustn't take on. I might have known she needed help. I know how things can be. For women. I tell you, it's queer, Mrs. Peters. We live close together and we live far apart. We all go through the same things. It's all just a different kind of the same thing. If I was you, I wouldn't tell her her fruit was gone. Tell her it ain't. Tell her it's all right. Take this in to prove it to her. She, she may never know whether it was broke or not. My, it's a good thing the men couldn't hear us. Wouldn't they just laugh? Getting all stirred up over a little thing like a dead canary. As if that could have anything to do with... With... Wouldn't they laugh? Maybe they would. Maybe they wouldn't. No, Peters. It's all perfectly clear except a reason for doing it. But you know juries when it comes to women. If there was some definite thing, something to show, something to make a story about, a thing that would connect up with this strange way of doing it. Well, I've got the team around. Pretty cold out there. I'm going to stay here a while by myself. Sheriff, you can send the deputy out for me, can't you? I want to go over everything. I'm not satisfied that we can't do better. Do you want to see what Mrs. Peters is going to take in? Uh... I guess they're not very dangerous things the ladies have picked out. No, Mrs. Peters doesn't need supervising. For that matter, a sheriff's wife is married to the law. Ever think of it that way, Mrs. Peters? Not just that way. <laughs> married to the law. I just want you to come in here a minute, George. We gotta take a look at these windows. Ugh, windows. We'll be right out, Mr. Hale. Mr. Hale goes outside. The sheriff follows the county attorney into the other room. Mrs. Hale rises, hands tight together, looking intensely at Mrs. Peters, whose eyes make a slow turn, finally meeting Mrs. Hale's. Mrs. Hale holds her gaze, then her own eyes point to where the box is concealed. Suddenly, Mrs. Peters throws back quilt pieces and tries to put the box in the bag she is wearing. It is too big. She opens the box, starts to take the bird out, but cannot touch it. She stands there helpless. The doorknob turns in the next room. Mrs. Hale snatches the box and puts it in the pocket of her big coat. The men enter. Well, Henry, at least we found out that she was not going to quilt it. She was going to, uh, what is it you call it, ladies? We call it not it, Mr. Henderson. The curtain falls. This has been a Tea Time Radio Theater production of Trifles by Susan Glassbowl, starring Alex Stroming as Mrs. Hale, Camille Andre as Mrs. Peters, Evan Olson as the Sheriff, Jonah Hill as Mr. Hale, Tyler Appleby as Mr. Henderson, the County Attorney. Narrated and directed by Monica Hash. Sound design and production by Kirsten Schmidt. Our music is Bright Wish by Kevin McLeod at incompetech.filmmusic.io. Follow us on Instagram at Tea Time Radio Theater Co. And be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening.